The Fall of Lucifer. Article by Stephen O. Smoot, John Gee, Carrie Mielstein, and John S. Thompson. Published in BYU Studies Quarterly, Volume 61, Issue 4. Similar to what is depicted in other books of Latter-day Saint scripture, for example, Moses, chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, the Book of Abraham's depiction of the premortal council includes a brief mention of the fall of Lucifer. As readers encounter at the end of chapter 3 of the Book of Abraham, Lucifer's fall from the divine council was an act of rebellion because he was not selected to carry out God's plan of salvation. Quote, and there stood one among them that was like unto God, and he said unto those who were with him, We will go down, for there is space there, and we will take of these materials, and we will make an earth, whereon these may dwell, and we will prove them herewith, to see if they will do all things whatsoever the Lord their God shall command them. And they who keep their first estate shall be added upon, and they who keep not their first estate shall not have glory in the same kingdom with those who keep their first estate. And they who keep their second estate shall have glory added upon their heads for ever and ever. And the Lord said, Whom shall I send? And one answered like unto the Son of Man, Here I am, send me. And another answered and said, Here I am, send me. And the Lord said, I will send the first. And the second was angry, and kept not his first estate. And at that day, many followed after him. Abraham, chapter 3, verses 24 through 28. While later biblical and extra-biblical writings from the first millennium BC contain reworked allusions to pervasive Near Eastern myths about the fall of rebellious deities or angels, for example, Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, Isaiah chapter 14, Job chapter 38, Psalms chapter 82, Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 1 through 10 and 11 through 19, and Daniel chapters 11 and 12. A fair question to ask is whether this mythic archetype is attested in Near Eastern literature from Abraham's day. In fact, there does appear to be evidence for elements of this mythic concept in the literature of earlier Near Eastern cultures. Biblical scholar Mark Smith has recently drawn attention to the basic idea underlying the myth of the conflict between competing deities in the divine realm being present in texts from the Middle and Late Bronze Age sites of Mari and Ugarit. Quote, These cases of divine conflict are set in the divine council that meets in heaven. They end in the demotion or expulsion of the defeated deity. End quote. In the Mari Corpus is a letter from Shamash Nasir, the governor of the city of Terka, to Zimri Lim, the king of Mari from circa 1775 to 1760 BC. In this text, Shamash Nasir gives account of a vision concerning a heavenly verdict by the god Dagon, the chief deity of Mari, against other deities, including the god Tishpak of the city Eshnuna. This is done in the presence of other gods, in the divine council, and corresponds to Zimri Lim's hope for victory over King Ibelpiel II of Eshnuna, whose god Tishpak, and through him the king himself, is threatened with destruction. 
As the relevant section of the text reads, quote, Now let them call Tishpak before me, and I will pass judgment. So they called on Tishpak for me, and Dagon said to Tishpak as follows, From Shinna, you have ruled the land. Now your day has passed. You will confront your day like the city Akalatum. End quote. As scholars recognize, this text clearly depicts a divine council scene where a denial of the right of another deity to rule is issued by the edict of a superior deity. As such, it provides broad parallel with and precedent to later biblical texts that depict the fall of rebellious divinities as well as the Book of Abraham. Turning to the material from Ugarit, the Late Bronze Age text, known as the Ball Cycle, depicts, quote, cases of divine conflict which are set in the divine council that meets in heaven. They end in the demotion or expulsion of the defeated deity, end quote. One such scene from the Ball Cycle narrates how the god Baal defiantly rebuked the messenger gods of his rival, the deity Yam, after they brought the divine council a message demanding surrender. The cycle ends with Baal defeating Yam and claiming kingship in the divine council. That the Ugaritic Baal cycle provides clear underlying mythic and literary precedent for later biblical iterations of this type scene is widely recognized by scholars. The mythic tales of Ilyuanka and Kumarbi from ancient Anatolia might also provide additional parallels to the rebellion of Lucifer in the Book of Abraham. In the Ilyuanka tales, which date to the Old Hittite period, circa 1750 to 1500 BC, the chief deity of the people of Hatti, a storm god, is, quote, defeated and incapacitated by an evil and powerful reptile. In both versions of the myth, the storm god needs the help of a mortal and a trick in order to regain supremacy over the serpent, end quote. In the second version of the myth, the storm god battles and ultimately prevails over the serpent at an unspecified sea. Finally, in the Hurrian Kumarbi cycle, circa 1400 to 1200 BC, quote, the central theme is the competition between the gods Kumarbi and Teshub for kingship over the gods, end quote. This mythic cycle depicts how Kumarbi attempted to supplant Teshub as king of the gods through stratagem. This includes one attempt where Kumarbi raised up his son Ulakumi to destroy the city of Teshub and to dethrone Teshub himself. Teshub, however, concocts his own plan for defeating Ulakumi with the help of members of the Divine Council, which he eventually does. There are very clear differences between these texts and the Book of Abraham. For instance, the mythological text from Ugarit and elsewhere just reviewed appear to be largely about competing deities who are associated with the agricultural cycle or are represented as thonic and sky deities in competition. These elements are missing from the Book of Abraham's depiction. While we should be cautious not to suggest that the Book of Abraham is directly drawing from these texts or vice versa, important parallels nevertheless do remain which are indicative of a general shared cultural and religious backdrop. The common elements in these ancient Near Eastern and Anatolian myths and the Book of Abraham include the Divine Council as the setting, the involvement of multiple divinities or gods, 
some kind of attempt to supplant or overthrow the chief deity of the council in an overt act of rebellion or defiance, and the ultimate humiliation or downfall of the rebellious character. From this and other evidence, several striking affinities with Semitic traditions are immediately available in the Book of Abraham. As seen above, quote, the council scene in particular is consistent with a standard motif in Mesopotamian and Ugaritic literature, wherein a divine assembly convenes to consider a problem and a series of proposals is offered, end quote. This, in turn, reinforces the overall sense of antiquity and historical believability of the book. About the authors Stephen O. Smoot is a doctoral student in Semitic and Egyptian languages and literature at the Catholic University of America. He previously earned a master's degree from the University of Toronto in Near and Middle Eastern Civilizations, with a concentration in Egyptology and bachelor's degree from Brigham Young University in Ancient Near Eastern Studies, with a concentration in Hebrew Bible and German Studies. He is currently an adjunct instructor of religious education at Brigham Young University and a research associate with the B.H. Roberts Foundation. John Gee is the William Bill Gay Research Professor in the Department of Asian and Near Eastern Languages at Brigham Young University. He has published extensively on scripture and ancient studies. He has served on the boards of national and international biblical and Egyptological organizations and as the editor of an international multilingual peer-reviewed Egyptological journal. Carrie Muehlstein is a professor of ancient scripture and ancient Near Eastern studies at Brigham Young University. He received his bachelor's degree from BYU in psychology with a Hebrew minor. He received an MA in ancient Near Eastern studies from BYU and a PhD from UCLA in Egyptology. His first full-time appointment was a joint position in religion and history at BYU-Hawaii. He is the director of the BYU-Egypt Excavation Project. He was also a visiting fellow at the University of Oxford for the 2016-2017 academic year. He has served as the chairman of a national committee for the American Research Center in Egypt and serves on their research supporting member council. He is the senior vice president of the Society for the Study of Egyptian Antiquities and has served as president. He has published and researched on Egyptological topics and Book of Abraham topics for over two decades. John S. Thompson obtained his BA and MA in Ancient Near Eastern Studies, Hebrew Bible, from BYU and UC Berkeley, respectively, and completed a PhD in Egyptology at the University of Pennsylvania. After more than 25 years as an employee of seminaries and institutes of religion, most recently as the coordinator slash institute director in Cambridge, Massachusetts, he currently researches and writes for Scripture Central. This is an audio production of BYU Studies, read for you by Braden Johnston and Malin Glade. BYU Studies publishes scholarship informed by the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information and access to articles, essays, and more, visit byustudies.byu.edu.